be singing Blessed Assurance. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Lord of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending, bring from above Echoes of mercy, whispers of love This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. We'll be reading from Romans 8. Verses 31 to the end of the chapter. It says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also be with him graciously? How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or hunger or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And then verse 37 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord.
hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord. When darkness seems to hide His face, I rest on His unchanging grace. Every high and stormy gale My anchor holds within the veil My anchor holds within the veil Christ alone Cornerstone made strong in the Savior's love through the storm He is Lord Lord of all When He shall come with trumpet sound Oh, may I then in Him be found Dressed in His righteousness alone Faultless to stand before the throne Christ alone, cornerstone Weak made strong in the Savior's love Through the storm He is Lord, Lord of all Sing that one more time Christ alone, cornerstone Weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm.
I ask you to take your Bible and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, there should be one underneath the chair you're sitting in or one close to you. But turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And as you're turning there, go ahead and stand with me as we honor God and reading His Word together this morning. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to begin reading at verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 18. I'll read through verse 20. like hearing them Bible pages turning or them screens on your phones are squeaking if you're not on Facebook. Shame on you if you are. Stay off of it right now. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, 
keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Verse 19, And also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray again. God, we ask that uh, you would please speak to us now. Help us understand what these words mean. Help us to sense the, the need to pray. Give us the desire. And Lord, give us direction in how to do it. And Lord, help us to see that prayer is such a great gift. So Lord, stir in our hearts now. Stir in our hearts desires and affections that may have lain dormant for a while. Or Lord, if that's not the case, then may we be encouraged to continue and Lord, for those that are not believers, we pray, we pray, God, that you would show them, show them Christ in all his glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated. Each year we have, as I mentioned earlier this morning, something we call prayer week. And this is something we've done at our church since I've been here. It's something I led the last church I pastored to do as well. And I can foresee that some would scoff and say, prayer week, we ought to be praying all the time and we don't need a prayer week. And I understand that. But as I mentioned earlier, the necessity of prayer week and me leading the church to do this each year comes from my own experience, really, is as the year goes along and things go along, I get tired and I get lazy and I get busy, and sometimes pretty crazy busy. And I know that I need planned, occasional times that God's placed on my heart that I'm going to seek after God. It ought to be every day. But sometimes I need to do that periodically and sometimes I need that with my own church family and I know you need it and so we have prayer week we have prayer week because we're simply not always motivated to pray and yet that's what God gives to us and tells us to do why is it that we should pray This week you heard about uh, things going on, I guess, in Iran and plane being shot down and threats being made from both nations, ours and Iran. And, and so sometimes things like that seem distant and certainly we don't want there to be 
war, but there is war going on all the time, and the war against terrorism in Afghanistan and Syria and Iraq and other places in the world. And sometimes where our soldiers are at seem distant to us. We don't even, we're not really thinking all the time that they're constantly in battle. The war seems distant. Unless we turn on Fox News or CNN or read something in a newspaper or hear it on the radio, then that war just seems distant to us. It's not to the forefront of our minds all the time unless we're, perhaps we have a loved one that's serving in the military Then perhaps it's very much on our minds. But let me share with you this morning that there's a war that's always raging that's not distant. And it's a spiritual war. It's a spiritual battle that's raging every day. And we'll be motivated to pray will be more urgent to pray when we understand, first of all, that the war is not distant. It's not somebody else going through this war. It's not somebody else battling. But there's a war, there's a spiritual battle that all believers are in every day. You look in your Bible in chapter 6, verse 10, and the Apostle Paul says, Finally, brothers... Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Why does he say that? Because they're in a battle. A battle for them not to walk out the gospel as he's been telling them to do. A battle so that souls will not be saved. So the church will think that we, one another, are the enemies. Rather than that Satan's the enemy who is blinding the minds of everyone around us from hearing the gospel. So he tells us to put on the whole armor of God to stand against the schemes of the devil. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, he says in verse 12. In verse 13 again, he says, take up the whole armor of God. You may be able to withstand, to withstand an evil day and having done all, to stand firm. Verse 14, stand therefore. Do you think the Lord has got something in mind, a, a, a purpose here, an objective, and what is that? Stand. He says, in fact, stand in the evil day. And every day is evil. Sometimes there's lulls, lulls in combat. And then all of a sudden, seemingly from nowhere, a battle begins and takes you by surprise. An ambush. Every day is evil and sometimes the days seem more evil than others. So if we need motivation to pray, first of all, number one, let us remember that the war is not distant. We need to pray when it's to be motivated to pray because of a war that we are in. Secondly, we ought to be motivated to pray because God inspired, as he does all scripture, this text. When the Bible says, verse 18, look at your Bible, praying at all times in the spirit. Paul wrote those words, but God is the one that spoke them. And so as we read on this morning, let's be reminded as we do all scripture, when the Bible says praying at all times in the spirit, it's not simply Paul urging us to pray. This is the God of heaven who's saying, children, pray at all times in the spirit. So let us be motivated to pray, not only because there's a war that requires it, but there's a God that 
gives it. He's saying pray at all times in the Spirit. Why? To make our lives hard? Oh, i got to pray. Oh, I don't pray enough. We've got to feel guilty about prayer. Why does God say pray at all times in the Spirit to lay a burden upon us? God says, he's saying to us, pray at all times in the Spirit because it's a gift. He's telling us to do it for, our, for his glory and for our good and for our joy. He says pray at all times because at all times he's ready to strengthen you. So you put all this together. Be strong in the Lord, verse 10, in the strength of his might. Stand against the schemes of the devil. Pray, pray at all times in the Spirit. Why does he say pray at all times in the Spirit? We need to be strong. We need to be strengthened for the war that we're fighting. He is, at all times, he's ready to strengthen us. At all times, he's ready. Just ask him. And then the asking glorifies him. He's always ready to strengthen you. When you hear bad news, when somebody opposes you as you're trying to share the gospel, he's ready to strengthen you. A coach at a ball game, I mean, the Indiana played Tennessee recently. You know where I'm going with this. Tennessee squeaked it out, and I'm a Tennessee fan. But the Indiana coach had said prior to the game they'd showed in the locker room on television, the Indiana coach was saying to his players, often as coaches say, guys, leave it all on the field. Leave it all on the field. And man, they did. They fought hard. But not quite hard enough. No, they, they fought hard. Left it all on the field. What's that mean? It means give you all. I remember my dad when he said, son, if you're going to preach. I said, dad, I feel like God's called me to preach. He said, son, if you're going to preach, you preach like Paul and you don't hold nothing back. And what he meant, he's, he's saying, son, you give it your all. Four times in this passage of scripture, just in verse 18, the word all is used. You see it? Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. All, 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 all. It says the Lord is saying to us about this gift of prayer in the field in which we do battle. Give your all to this. God is ready to strengthen and he is graciously telling us to give our all to prayer on the battlefield. So how is our approach to prayer? It probably needs a little bit of reawakening, reawakening and re-stirring. Thus the need for a prayer week or a time to fast and pray and remind ourselves of the battle that we wage and the gifts that God gives us. So the main point of this passage of Scripture is that in the evil day in which the devil is fighting you, God is ready to strengthen you through prayer. And that's good news. That's a reason to rejoice this morning. Oh, sermon about prayer. I'm going to get beat up again this morning. Preacher's going to beat me up. I'm going to feel guilty. No, that's not the, what, that's not the intent here. It's not the intent of God's Word. 
God's, God's grace is saying, you're in spiritual battle, but I've provided this spiritual armor now. Pray at all times. I'm ready to strengthen you at all times in this spiritual battle, in this evil day. So, as often I do in the course of study, uh, the Lord's redirected me a little bit this morning. I'm not going to preach verse 19 and 20 like I planned. I'll have to save that for another day. Because I got into verse 18 and I just couldn't get away from it hardly. I studied verse 19 to 22 and was ready, but man, uh, I'm going to camp out on verse 18 for a while this morning. Pray at all times. This is really the first point of the outline, but I'm just going to give you the first point of the outline. Pray at all times in the Spirit with all kinds of prayer. Pray at all times in the Spirit with all kinds of prayer. That's what the Lord's saying in verse 18. Pray at all times in the Spirit with all kinds of prayer. He says to pray at all times. As I was mentioning earlier, sometimes there's a lull in combat. If you've been in the military, been in combat uh, situation, and you'll know a lot of times soldiers get bored. I mean, bored out of their minds. Because there just ain't nothing going on. And sometimes all of a sudden, like I said, sometimes there's an ambush, sometimes there'll be an attack, sometimes they say march order and you pack up your stuff and you don't know where you're going. But a lot of times you're just not, a, you know, and in that downtime, you're just maybe not on your guard as much as you ought to be. But the Lord says to pray at all times. Whether it's a good season in your life right now, or you just heard some horrible news that's got you shook up and anxious as you can be. No matter what the circumstances are in your life, there's always a spiritual battle, so pray at all times. Over Christmas, did you have a hard time resisting some of the things that mom or grandma put out to eat? I know I did, and I'm paying for it now a little bit. Hard to resist them cookies sitting out on the counter. When it comes to prayer, though, we should never resist an urge to pray. That's not original to me. There's several pastors said that, but never resist an urge to pray. You need to resist the cookies sometimes and say, no, I've had enough. But when it comes to prayer, never resist the urge to pray. It was one pastor said, never resist the urge to pray. We have far few urgings to pray as it is. Never resist the urge to pray. Pray at all times. You have times when you just feel like, man, I just need to stop right now and pray for this person. Or maybe you're talking with somebody and they're sharing a burden with you and they walk off and you thought, I should have stopped and just prayed with them right then. I've done that before. Pray at all times. As another pastor said, think of prayer this way. Think of prayer as a continual dialogue in your mind or out of your mouth. So you may be praying words audibly out loud or, or not. Sometimes people say, well, I'm just praying to myself. And I think, well, no, I'm not really praying to myself here. I'm praying to God, but I understand what you mean, right? I'm not praying out loud. It's a continual dialogue in your mind or out of your mouth. Praying at all times in the Spirit. Well, what's this in the Spirit mean? That's really what I want to take some time to try to unwrap. Now, there's a mysterious aspect to this that I don't think we can fully get our minds around or meant to. 
But certainly it is something that we ought to pay more attention to. Because the Lord didn't just say, pray at all times. What's he say in verse 18, the first part of it? He says, pray at all times in the Spirit. What's that mean then? That means sometimes we can pray and it not be in the Spirit. It can be in the flesh. Jude chapter 1 verse 20 also tells us to pray in the Spirit. You beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. There was an assumption that the early church understood what it meant to pray in the Holy Spirit. Jude said it. Paul said it. So what is praying in the Spirit? Well, let's talk about what it's not. Praying in the Spirit is not praying in tongues. Uh, I was watching a sermon. I watched several sermons and listened. And I watched one that I knew wasn't going to be any good because <laughs> I knew what the guy was going to say. And he was, his whole sermon was about praying in the Spirit. Was speaking in tongues. And I personally don't believe the gift of tongues have ceased. I don't see that in Scripture. But I'm suspicious of a lot of what's going on and I've never spoken in tongues and I've asked the Lord to give me that gift and He's not. And so I can tell you this, if the Lord says to everybody, pray at all times in the Spirit, and we look in 1 Corinthians 14 and it's clear that not everybody has the gift of tongues, but the Lord says pray at all times in the Spirit, He's obviously doesn't mean pray at all times in tongues, right? So it doesn't mean pray in tongues. Secondly, praying in the Spirit is not being presumptuous. Sometimes we presume we know exactly what we ought to pray. Sometimes it manifests itself in naming it and claiming it, which you'll see a little bit in the prosperity gospel that we watch about on the documentary tonight. That praying that God, God's given me this gift to pray and it's all about God, I want this, so God give this to me. God, I'm, I'm having this going on, so God, I want you to alleviate this. And it's all about comfort. And if I just believe enough, then God will do this. And, and prayer is just all about me. Sometimes it's not God's will to heal you. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not God's will to prosper you. And sometimes it is. But whether we live or die, whether we eat or drink, we do all the glory of God. We trust in God and we ask that He be glorified. Praying in the Spirit is not praying in the flesh then. It's not repeated, merely repeated. Sometimes we repeat certain things in our prayers and that's certainly not wrong to do. But sometimes it's vain repetition is what Jesus said, right? It's just meaningless words. We're just saying words out here. and It's just praying in the flesh. So it's not praying in the flesh, just, just mere vain repetition, rushed prayers, or rote, memorized things. I ran across a quote a few years ago when I was preaching about this, and I don't remember who said it, but I certainly can relate to it, and maybe you can. And this person said about their prayer life, they said, I often say my prayers, but do I ever pray? Does that resonate with you any? I often say my prayers, but do I ever pray? Sometimes we tell our kids, now you say your prayers tonight. 
And it becomes, you know, this prayerless thing is a good thing. But sometimes I step back from those times and say, man, I, have, I really, have I really prayed? Praying in the Spirit, this is, this is what praying in the Spirit is. Praying in the Spirit is praying under the control of the Holy Spirit. That, that's the simplest definition for it. Praying in the Spirit is praying under the control of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3 says, Therefore I want you to, be under, to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So when we're under the control of the Holy Spirit, we say things that are truthful, that are right. We can never say, pray rightly, or say things rightly unless the, we're under the control of the Holy Spirit. If we were to say Jesus is accursed, it'd be obvious that we're not in the Spirit. So how do we pray in the Spirit? I'm going to try to be practical. This is a great burden in my heart this week is working through this. Is how do we pray in the Spirit? I'm going to give you three things to think about. Number one is this. How to pray in the Spirit. Confess your weakness and inability to pray. Confess your weakness and inability to pray. Now I say that, first of all, because the text says praying at all times in the Spirit. So that means there needs to be a reliance and a dependence upon the Holy Spirit, upon God the Holy Spirit. That that I can't pray without His aid, that I'm weak and unable to pray without the Holy Spirit controlling me and leading me in my prayers. And a verse in Scripture that helps us most explicitly understand what this means is Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says this. We'll just take verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit intercedes himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So what's, the, what's this verse saying here? He helps us in our weakness. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. That's the reason I was saying earlier, to pray in the flesh is to be presumptuous about what we ought to pray for. Maybe we're just going through this list we always pray for. Maybe, maybe God wants us to pray differently about those things or pray for something else. He's put on our heart, but but it's a spirit that intercedes for us with groanings too, too deep for words. So I would say one of the things it means to pray in the spirit is confess your weakness and inability to pray, to literally go before God and say, God, I don't know how to pray. I need your help. Please help me. And that could be a regular part of your praying or it could just be a, a particular burden that's come upon you in the middle of the day you didn't know about and you don't know how to pray and you're just going to cry out to God and pray. But if I'm going to confess my weakness and inability to pray, then what I need to do is I need to wait and I need to pause and I need to ask the Spirit to guide my prayers. To guide and energize my prayers. As one pastor said, it's pausing in our prayers to say, Lord, give me prayers to pray. I think that little statement right there helps me the most about this and putting this in practice. Lord, give me prayers to pray. Show me how to pray. 
Show me what to pray for right now. Especially when you're burdened about something and you don't even, you can't, you don't even know how to pray about this. You're confused about why this is going on. I'm convinced that a lot of times we don't. We rush too much in our prayers. I mean, we just rush in and start saying stuff. And maybe there just needs to be a pause for a moment. I'm not talking about some mystical meditation where we lose ourselves in the universe, some hogwash like that. I'm talking about thinking about who God is. Thinking about who it is we're talking to. And then asking Him to guide our prayers. Because He has to. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. So we need to admit our weakness and inability to pray. It says right there, we don't know how to pray as we ought. So we need to ask His help. I remember when uh, Lori Fowler had her incident here at church a few years ago and we found her laying in the room and people was praying for you, Lori, and Deanna was, we were talking about prayer this week and Deanna said she remembered she was in that room during the Bible study and she said, I didn't know what to pray. I just said, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I remember I walked in and I got down on my knees and saw you laying there and I just started praying, oh, God, please, please, oh, God. Just groaning, not knowing what to pray. Just spontaneously, just knowing that's what I need to do. Oh, God, I don't do something here. And the Bible says here, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, it's the Holy Spirit. And we're groaning, we're crying out to Him, we're asking Him to lead us in our prayers. That He shapes what those prayers of thanksgiving or those prayers of supplication, which is petition, which is asking Him, He shapes those prayers. He and makes those prayers what they should be. It may be spontaneous as I just described in a horrible situation like that, but... It, but our prayers should be planned, shouldn't they? Matthew 6, Jesus says to go into your prayer closet. You, you've got a place to go and pray, to get alone by yourself. To pray at all times in the Spirit is not just, not just when there's something urgent going on. What does the Scripture say in verse 6, verse 18? Pray, not just when, pray when something urgent is going on in the Spirit. Does it say that? No, it says pray at all times in the Spirit. So that means you get this phone call and you're just devastated by it. You're burdened for it. Man, you stop and you pray and you cry out to God right then. You didn't plan to do that, but you're praying. But other times it's just I'm getting up in the morning every single day and I'm going to have this time with the Lord. I'm planning to do this. This is my prayer closet. My prayer closet is this spot on my couch with the door shut so I don't get interrupted. Or, this, or it's this underneath this tree outside when the weather's nice. Or out on the back porch or going in my truck on the way to work if it has to be that way. Jesus said pray in your closet so he assumes you're going to do that. And, you, and in that place you ought to be praying in the Spirit. Because he says pray at all times. So even the planned time should be in the Spirit. Let me just share this with you. Sometimes, sometimes my physical posture in prayer can remind me of who I'm talking to. That's why we bow our head and close our eyes. 
That's why we read so many times of people getting down on their knees in Scripture and praying. Now, some of you can't get down on your knees no more, right? So the Lord is more concerned about the posture of our heart. But sometimes the posture of my body in that prayer closet certainly is a means of grace to remind me of what I'm doing. Jesus' prayer closet was the wilderness. Maybe we ought to have a wilderness of our own where we go. So confess your weakness and inability to pray. Number two, confess your sin. Confess your sin. Why do you say that? Well, notice verse 18 says, praying at all times in the Spirit. Once you look back in your Bible at chapter 4, verse 30, and notice what it says. Chapter 4, verse 30 Squeak, squeak, phone page turn, like hearing it. Chapter 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. See that? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We're always sealed with the Holy Spirit. Amen? But we're not always filled with the Holy Spirit. When he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, surrounding these verses are verses that talk about how we should live as Christians. Be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Forgive as God in Christ forgave you. Do those things. If you don't do those things, you quench the Spirit. You're not under control of the Spirit. You're not walking in love. I can't pray in the Spirit if I'm slapping the Spirit in the face. Make sense? So if I'm going to pray in the Spirit at all times, when I pray, I ought to conf- confess my sin. That ought to be a regular part of prayer. It ought to especially be part of our prayers when we, man, we, we, we know the last 24 hours has not been good in the way we've been talking with our spouse or treating our kids or some things we've been doing or watching or whatever. It's going to be hard for our prayers to be under the control of the Holy Spirit when we're slapping Him in the face. Confess your sin. Then look at chapter 5, verse 18. Chapter 5, verse 18 says this. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. That don't mean be out of control on the Holy Spirit and doing crazy stuff, but it it means be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Don't be under the control of wine, be drunk, but be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Then notice what he says as a result of being under the control or being filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 19. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, that's to one another, but then what does he say in verse 19? Look at the end of verse 19. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your hearts, verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. So the result of being under the control of the Holy Spirit, it affects our communication to one another and it affects our communication to God. Singing and making melody in the Lord with your, to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks to the Lord always. That's prayer. And being filled with the Spirit affects our communication with one another and with God. So... Praying in the Spirit means I need, to conf- I need to confess sin. 
Is that part of your prayer life? You know, your regular pattern of your prayer life. And thirdly, confess that God is your Father through faith in Jesus. Confess that God is your Father through faith in Jesus. Galatians chapter 3 verse 5 says this, Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? So how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Does God give the Holy Spirit to us because we worked for it by works of the law or by hearing with faith? If you keep reading those verses in Galatians, you know that it's by hearing with faith. It's by faith we receive the Holy Spirit. It's not by working for the Holy Spirit. So, when I go to the Lord in prayer and I don't know what to pray, or maybe I do know, maybe it's my prayer list, and I'm going to the Lord in prayer and I want to be sure I'm praying in the Spirit and I want to confess my weakness and inability to pray, I confess my sin, and I also want to go and I want to be confident in my prayer and, and I, want to, I want to remember, God, it's by faith that you give the Holy Spirit. You've given the Holy Spirit to me. I'm sealed until the day of redemption. I'm remembering that it is the Holy Spirit that has worked to adopt me into the family of God. And so when I pray to the Father right now, I'm not praying just to the Father. I'm praying to our Father. I'm praying to my Father. I'm praying to the God who adopted me. As one pastor said about this passage of Scripture, I know in those moments, the reason I need, if I'm going to pray in the Spirit, is I want to pray in faith. I want to pray knowing that God is for me. Knowing that I am His son. I, you are His daughter. Knowing that you are His child. Adopted, not, not because of your performance, but because of God's grace through faith in Jesus. That what happened yesterday or what you said over here did not change what he did on the cross. Knowing that he is 100% for me. 100%. And if he is, because of the gospel, I'm going to come to him in prayer at all times. And at all times, just as Jesus said, and, and when he said not pray these words but pray this way, our Father which art in heaven. We start off and we say, God, you are my Father. I'm just re recounting the gospel. Reminding myself that I can trust the God to do what is right because of what he's done to bring me to himself. Confess that God is your Father through faith in Jesus. Pray the word that the Spirit inspired, the sword of the Spirit. Pray specific blood-bought promises of God. So, brothers and sisters, beloved children of God, my prayer for you is that there are some things the Holy Spirit would recall to your minds this week as you leave this place that would lead you to have more of a desire to pray. I'm, I'm praying that as you're sitting in these chairs that the effect of God's Word upon you would have a similar effect upon you as it had upon me this week, that it would lead you to have a desire to pray. That you would find yourself wanting to get alone so that you can practice.
praying in the Spirit. It's a gift. He's, he's ready right now to strengthen you at all times. Don't neglect it. Let me say in closing then that um, if you're to pray in the Spirit, you must be born of the Spirit. You must be born again. And it saddens me to know that not just in Sarajevo, Bosnia, where there's friends of ours who pray to Allah all the time, but there's people right here in Mount Carmel that pray all the time. Maybe they pray in Jesus' name and not one of their prayers is heard. Their prayer's not heard anymore, praying in the name of Jesus, than the, than the Muslim that's praying to Allah in Bosnia. Because if you've not been born in the Spirit, the only prayer the Lord's going to hear is a prayer for you to be born again by the Spirit. If you're going to pray in the Spirit, you must be born again. If you're going to pray, if you're going to know God, the only way to know Him is through faith in Jesus to be His child and He's holding it out to you this morning. Admit that you've sinned against God. Put your faith in what Jesus has done alone and call upon Him and be saved. Let's pray together. Our Father, I thank You for this gift of prayer. I pray that this word that tells us to pray in the Spirit here Lord, that we'd understand it more what it means and maybe we're not meant to understand all that it means, but, but God, please be gracious to us to help us to, to help us to pray in the Spirit at all times. To enjoy this gift of prayer that you've called us to. And I pray that prayer would not seem to be a drudgery or a burden to us but, but something we delight to do because we get to do it and because we are confident that you work through it help us to believe in prayer because we believe in the God that told us to pray we pray for those right now who have not been born again that you would do that you cause them to be born again in Jesus name I pray Let's stand together and sing. He will hold me fast. And as we're praying, you want to come and pray about something up here. As we're singing, you want to come up here and pray about something. You're welcome to do so. I'll pray with you. But let's stand and sing and praise our God together. When I fear my faith will fail Christ will hold me fast When the tempter would prevail He will hold me fast I could never keep my hold Through life's fearful path For my love is often cold He must hold me fast he will hold me fast He will hold me fast For my Savior loves me so 
Those he saves are his delight Christ will hold me fast Precious in his holy sight He will hold me fast He'll not let my soul be lost His promises shall last But by him it's such a cost he will hold me fast He will hold me fast He will hold me fast For my Savior loves me so He will hold me fast For my life he bled and died Christ will hold me fast Justice has been satisfied He will hold me fast Raised with him to endless life He will hold me fast Till our faith is turned aside when he comes at last He will hold me fast He will hold me fast For my Savior loves me so He will hold me fast He will hold me fast He will hold me fast for my Savior loves me so, He will hold me fast. Amen.